I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome everybody, this is Toby Leary to Rapid Fire, I'm your host, and this is sponsored by Vortex Optics, so tune in, you can listen online at capegunworks.com slash rapidfire to join the conversation, you want to get tuned into the website, questions are already streaming in pretty fast and furious here, no pun intended, speaking of fast and furious, all I can think of since that press conference when we're going to have a zero tolerance and uh, like these sting operations against FFLs and those who sell guns illegally, which again, if you're selling guns illegally, I'm 100% on board, you know, shut them down. But that fast and furious plan by Eric Holder under the Obama administration was designed to flood the cartels in Mexico with guns and then blame it on the Texas gun stores. And of course, all the guns came from the federal government and were used against Border Patrol agents. But this is some of the nefarious dealings of uh, the government in its in its stretch to paint gun dealers in a bad light or gun owners in a bad light. And that's all I can think of whenever I see a press conference where they say, oh, we're going to enact this tactical team to you know, go ahead and shut down bad gun dealers and, you know, zero tolerance. I I want zero tolerance. And it's like, what does zero tolerance actually mean when it gets into the minutia of uh, ATF violations? We did a training uh, earlier in the week. And in this training, we had one of the lawyers say, an ATF violation that comes up repeatedly is when a customer puts, abbreviates their city like Phoenix, they put PHX or whatever, or LA, they put, you know, Los Angeles, they put LA. That's an ATF violation. So is that going to be a, you know, revocable offense with zero tolerance, you know, policy? And especially when you have someone like David Chipman up for uh, proposed to be the director of the ATF. And I saw an old clip of him debating Larry Pratt from Gun Owners of America on the Hardball with Chris Matthews show. You can check it out. It's a pretty good little interaction where um, it was right after Sandy Hook and Chris Matthews had them both on the on the show. And he says, how do we prevent this stuff? And Larry Pratt says, allow, he didn't come out and say arm teachers. He said, allow teachers, allow principals, allow janitors, allow lunch ladies if they want to be responsibly armed, to be able to carry a gun at, at school. And it could prevent this type of activity or hire people who are armed. And David Chipman went went on and said, this is ridiculous. We got to keep guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them. And even Chris Matthews sounded moderate comparatively and said, well, 
this kid shot his mother in the face, like to get her guns. How do we prevent that? And he just kept saying, oh, we got to keep guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them. We've got to keep guns out. Of... And then he goes on to make the most ridiculous argument. He said, the Secret Service very rarely uses a firearm in protecting the president because they're armed and they don't need to use their guns to protect the president. So why do we need to use guns to protect kids at school? And I'm like, here we go. This is the perfect logic where you're making the exact point Larry Pratt just made by your dizzying intellect. You're saying because the Secret Service is armed in protecting the president, they very rarely have to use guns to protect the president. Exactly. That's what we're saying. The presence of guns in the hands of responsible people and people who are trained in the safe and efficient use of those guns de-escalate situations before they even start makes it less likely that you're going to actually need that gun than if you are unarmed and larry pratt went on to point out that uh i think up until that point every single except for one mass shooting in the last 10 years had been done on gun-free zones and so i think that is a perfect argument for you know arming responsible people or allowing responsible people to carry a gun so if the guy was a you know the janitor at the school who's not allowed to bring a gun even though he lawfully and legally can in any other type of profession that he has if he's a you know if he works for the dpw or if he's you know a taxi cab driver or a pizza delivery guy or some other job that he does uh, you know the point is you're not restricted by law from carrying a gun in any other uh, profession, maybe TSA or something like that, other places where guns aren't allowed to be carried. But frankly, those places like airports and courthouses and federal buildings, they have uh, a quite a quite a procedure to get through, right? They have security checks, they have, you know, take your shoes off checks, throw your bag through the metal detector and the the scanner check so there's a lot of checks and balances and i love what kentucky did a few years ago they said if you're gonna say that someone can't carry a gun then you have to have alternate security you can't just say this is a gun-free zone you have to have metal detectors and people with wands and you know patting people down and making sure that nobody is in fact carrying a gun number two you also have to have an alternate security team that can respond if if necessary. So I think that's a win, you know, go ahead and do that. And, you know, so they should be doing that in school. And if you look at the Southeastern, uh, I think it's called Southeastern or Southwestern High School in, let me get this right. I, I should know this, but I think it's in like Indiana or something like that. It's a Midwestern town and they they ran the flagship what every school should have security wise it has locking doors it has cameras it has um you know it's dialed into the local sheriff's department so that they can look in and isolate someone in a hallway by locking doors they can keep track of where they are through movements and motion detectors and whatnot and then they even have this really cool counter uh devices that blow smoke into the hallways and loud alarms and everything else it's a phenomenal thing and it cost i think like four hundred and fifty thousand dollars to equip this whole school 
and people say, oh, there's no budget for that. And it's like, wait a minute, we just built a new school in Harwich and it was $110 million. Are you saying you can't come up with an extra $450,000 to come up with this type of security system that will keep students or you know safer by deterring someone from coming and attacking that school in the first place? And then you look at what they'll spend on a football stadium. And there's football stadiums in high schools in America that have cost upwards of $6 million. So that's for us to go watch our kids play sports and cheer them on as they run down the field with a ball. But when we want to secure them in the, in the school and deter by hardening the target, that's too much. 450 grand is too much or, you know, whatever. So uh, let's... Uh, pick this up on the other side. Um, I don't know how I got down this rabbit hole, but um, usually when politicians start talking gun control, this is where it all heads. So anyway, uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. Welcome back. This is Toby. I'm your host of Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, firearms, self-defense, and everything else we want to talk about. Come on in and see our super summer selection. We have coolers and mosquito protection, chairs, sleeping bags, all kinds of stuff to make your your evenings out on the beach or on uh, your favorite spot to sit this summer a little bit more comfortable and enjoyable. And um, I had a question about some of the lower cost uh, 223 rifles and of course bolt action rifles are certainly going to be the lowest cost. We have a Set Me L rifle which is a great roller lock design rifle and um, we we sell a lot of those and we have them back in stock and those are uh, right around 1500 bucks. I can't remember off the top of my head exactly how much they are but um, they're, they're a phenomenal gun and we have them in gray, tan, OD green and black and they're nice because they take the uh, AR-15 magazine so if you're looking for a good modern sporting rifle that takes AR mags that would be a good option. Um, there's a lot of 
people who want, you know, a defensive rifle or even just a fun rifle to shoot that obviously we can't sell AR-15s here in Massachusetts. So um, you have to look for alternatives. So you see like the Tavor or the uh, CZ Bren 2s, which we just sold through a bunch of those. Those are amazing. Uh, the Ace rifle by IWI is a phenomenal rifle that takes AR-15 mags. And uh, those are those are great. So um, pretty pretty cool guns. And the Set Miels are a great little gun. They have iron sights on them, and they have the Picatinny rail uh, welded to the top of the receiver, so you can put a red dot on it or something something like that. So um, yeah, there's some good options, and uh, some of the stuff approaches north of two thousand bucks pretty quick. I know those CZ Brens are expensive and whatnot. So. Um, Narkid wants to know if the DRD Tactical Aptis is mass legal and with some uh, stuff that you got to do to it. In other words, like uh, fixing the position of the stock and putting a uh, muzzle brake on there and pinning and weld it, welding it. Yes. Um, so it's it's definitely a, a it could be a mass compliant gun, but you have to, uh, you know, deal with that. Oh, I did forget. Also, we have some fixed mag ARs, which are a little on the cheaper side. I think they're $1,199 or $1,099 uh, by Franklin Armory. And some of them even have a binary trigger, which is a lot of fun. So they fire when you press the trigger and let off. They have a third position on the selector switch, and it's called binary. So it fires when you pull the trigger and let off. So you run through that 10-round mag pretty quick, but it's, it's fun while you do it. And um, <laughs> just while we were broadcasting the show here, I heard someone on the range running one pretty fast so it's pretty fun and uh franklin armory makes a great uh ar that you know fix mag ar that's purpose built from their factory as a fixed mag gun so we can sell them here in mass and the beauty of that is this just shows you the ridiculousness of the whole thing is if it's a fixed mag ar it can't be considered an assault weapon because it doesn't have a detachable mag and it's limited to 10 rounds so it can't even be considered a high capacity rifle so therefore, it can have collapsible stock, and it can have a bayonet lug, it can have a flash hider, it can have a pistol grip, it can have an, a, you know, a folding stock or whatever. So um, it can have all those evil features, and it can be black. It doesn't have, you know, scary color like the, you know, they they love to say black rifle and all that, blah blah blah. But it's. Um, we have those in stock as well. So those are a fun little 5.56 rifle that you can shoot. And there's a great alternative to just top-loading that magazine, and it's made by Mean Arms, the MA Loader. And MA has nothing to do with mass, but I just find it ironic that it's called the MA Loader. And basically it rocks into the ejection port, kind of like an AK mag rocks into its uh, magwell. And then there's a little circle at the end of it, and you put your thumb in it, and you push down, and it top loads your mag with 10 rounds with basically one push of a push of your thumb. And then you pull the mean arms loader out, and the bolt automatically goes forward, and it's ready to go. So I have some good YouTube videos on that. In fact, one of the videos that we had that went viral, and we finally hit a million views, um, the comments are fire, by the way. You should just get a bowl of popcorn and read the comments because <laughs> there's more comments on that one video than anything we've ever done. But uh, And I would say 50% of them are about my resemblance to Tony Hawk. So uh, <laughs> that alone is worth the 
comments. You know, everyone from around the country who'd never seen me is like, holy smokes, I didn't know Tony Hawk was into guns. You know, oh, man. So they call me Toby Hawk for a reason. But anyway, um, my skating days are over. So I'm not going to rip up the skate park anymore as much fun as that was in my earlier days. I did almost get a free sandwich once by someone who thought I was Tony Hawk. And, uh, but I didn't... Uh, I didn't take it full advantage of that. Do you know who I am? <laughs> like I should have, but there it is. Uh, <laughs> Tony. <laughs> yeah, um, it's pretty funny because my kids are like, what the heck, dad? You know, when I tell them I used to skateboard and blah, blah, blah. And so he was my idol growing up. What am I supposed to say? And uh, I can't, you know, I can't do anything about the face the Lord gave me. So, I, you know, it's not my fault. But anyway. Go check out the video. The FixMag AR is an option, and uh, it's a pretty good option. We have those from Darkstorm and also from Franklin Armory. So there's some cheap and cheerful options out there for you for a 223 rifle um, that's fun to shoot. And, yeah, so – and if you live in a free state, we can ship ARs and AKs and all that to you as well. We do have those for sale out of state, but not for sale in the state. So – Anyway, uh, and he, uh, we have a comment that says, you watch the mean arms loader and the loader works good. Yeah, it does. Uh, a couple of the videos I did, I probably have done two or three videos on that situation, the Fix Mag AR. And after a little bit of practice, um, it's almost the same as a mag change. It really is. Like, you could easily load a mag as quickly as a detachable mag um, if you have a couple of those mean arms loaders all loaded up so um, <laughs> yeah I'll get you the CGW fix mag edition we we have uh, sold those as well we we build those every once in a while Jeff um, so we do purpose build them with a fix mag and uh, I'll autograph it for you yeah uh, we'll, we'll do that it'll be the Toby Hawk edition uh, <laughs> we gotta we should just have you know, one of our engravers do a nice lower with a me and a skateboard with like a, you know, Air 15 slung over my back or something. And I don't know. Whatever. This is getting weird quick. So let's uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, get to some of your questions here. Actually, let's look at something that's going on out in the People's Republic of California. So, you know, Massachusetts holds the title of the most stringent gun control in the Northeast, I would say. Sometimes New Jersey or New York one-ups us, and Calif I mean, Connecticut sometimes tries to clamor for the title. But I would say, you know, all in all, Massachusetts still kind of takes the crown and takes the belt. They're still the heavyweight champion of the Northeast of gun control. They're walking around with that belt slung over their shoulder proudly, and you got people like uh, Maura Healy that, you know, whenever they get a chance, they tout that they are the heavyweight champ, even though it makes us the most violent state in New England. They don't really care about that. Facts don't, you know, don't matter in the, you know, narratives a lot of times. But California, not to be outdone, <clears throat> hates playing second fiddle to us. So they, they do often one up us. And then all of a sudden, like the Ninth Circuit will do something crazy and vote some way you know in gun rights favor and then they'll like what did we do and then they'll, they'll get the full board out to make things better and so there's this always constant like 
back and forth between California and Massachusetts. But San Jose comes out, uh, you know, on the end of June and said, um, you know, we got a gun tax because of the rising. Uh, we're going to talk to Keith Langer about this next segment, but I just want to tee it up, get you guys thinking about it. And uh, so San Jose has come out and said, due to the rising gun crime, we are going to lay all the blame squarely on the feet at the feet of gun dealers and gun owners because it's way easier than like us actually doing something about crime. So we're going to impose on gun owners and sales and gun stores a tax on guns that is going to go to fund fighting gun violence in our community. And we're also going to make you get insurance on your gun so that, you know, if it's ever used in a crime or whatever, I don't know the full story about the insurance part of it, but they're going to make you get insurance, which is, again, another tax on it in the first place or the second place. And then if you don't comply, we will confiscate your weapons. So they have like just, <laughs> they've thrown the gauntlet, they've drawn the line in the sand, whatever you want to call it, whatever cliche you want to come up with. Um, they have really taken it next level where they've actually talked about confiscation. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but this is still America. And even if you live in California, if you're a gun owner, you're probably a little bit more freedom oriented than most people. And the last time government officials came for guns was didn't end well for govern, government officials. And it was in the 1700s. And it was in our local backyard here in Con Concord and Lexington. But um, yeah, I don't think that's going to end well if they go trying to round up the guns in San Jose because you don't want to pay your tax on your gun. So let's see how that all plays out. We'll talk to Keith about it next. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. 
May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Hello, this is attorney Keith G. Langer, not just a gun rights lawyer, but a fellow gun owner at home on the range as well as in court. I can help you obtain or regain your firearms license, recover or transfer your firearms, and defend you against firearms or other criminal charges. I can also help protect your property with will sets, including trusts, health care proxies, and powers of attorney zoning or other permitting issues, as well as collections and civil litigation. To schedule a consultation, call 508-384-8692. That's 508-384-8692. Or visit my website, aglangerlaw.com. Talk to you soon. All right. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. Keith is with us. Good afternoon, Toby. How are you? Oh, dazed and confused, but what else is new? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, before the break, we were talking about this uh, San Jose gun grab that is, you know, being proposed or floated out there. And, you know, I wonder if, like, California, if they're not in the headlines, like, every single day, if they have to think of new sick and perverse ways to to grab those headlines and heaven forbid like Massachusetts must like every once in a while, like get on a conference call or a zoom call and Maura Healy walks around with her, the big heavyweight title of, you know, biggest gun grabbers in the country. And they like, they can't sit there idly by. So they come up with something new and, you know, much to most of us, you know, we're not surprised seeing it come out of California, but this, this whole thing coming out of San Jose uh, where the, the, each time someone buys a gun or ammunition, they're they're going to be required to pay an 11% tax plus a background check fee on ammo and guns. And uh, I just, it's crazy. It's just, where does it end? It never seems to end. Well, they're politicians. So that means they are two things, scared and desperate. They can't control their cities. They don't dare go after the real criminals. They can't cope with the uh, political and social repercussions of any such attempt, but they have to pretend they're actually doing something. So what do they do? They go after the honest citizens because those are safe targets, and they go after firearms owners because they are a minority, making them a very, very safe target for abuse. Hmm. And then they wrap themselves in the flag and say they're saving the children. (laughs) However... They're calling it a tax. There's not any sort of fee. We already have a tax on firearms and ammunition. It's called the Pittman-Robertson Act, and it's why we have as much natural land and habitat for wild species as we do. Mm. Hunters pay for it, even non-hunters. If you shoot, if you uh, are uh, a bowman, if all you do is shoot targets, you're still buying arrows, bows, guns, and ammo, and you're still paying for all that. Right. But what they're doing is claiming that they're doing it to remedy the harm caused by guns. But the people they're targeting have nothing to do with that harm. They're not going after criminals. They're saying that 
the guns in your safe and in my safe are somehow filling emergency rooms, which is complete mendacity. It's an utter fraud, but it's the premise they need to posture behind. The insurance, you can get insurance for your guns being stolen. That's part of your homeowner's policy. You cannot get insurance for the criminal use of guns Mm -hmm. by you or anyone else. Insurance companies will not pay for criminal actions. So they are requiring you to get an insurance policy you cannot possibly obtain. And then because you can't get it, they're going to say, well, you can't own guns, then we're coming to get them. Right, yeah. And speaking of a a quick history lesson, did you forget Katrina? I did. Did you forget the police going door to door, taking guns from people, and then lying about it? Mm. You're right, I did. And you've reminded me of that, that it's happened way too recently. And uh, that didn't end well. Uh, for either side, and I think the mayor, what was it, Mayor Nagan at the time? Yep. Uh, and uh, uh, They lied about taking the guns, and they lied about having the guns. They were sued by the NRA and finally admitted that they had the guns, and of course by that time they'd been stored in warehouses that were flooded, so the guns were ruined. The people lost all their value, not to mention the fact that they were subject to invasion and confiscation by state agents, the police. Right, right. And, you know, I don't remember hearing about that as it was happening. I only remember hearing about that well after the fact. So, uh, you know, when when Katrina happened, I just remember, you know, seeing homeless, not homeless camps, but these, uh, you know, camps at, at the New Orleans Superdome and stuff like that where everyone was staying. But no one was talking about they're going around rounding up guns because I think a lot of people might have you know, stepped in or come to the aid of some sort, uh, or at least said, hey, what are you doing? Don't willingly give your guns up. But when And again, they were targeting the non-threats, the right. people who were hunkered down in their houses, not bothering anybody, merely hoping not to be molested and protect themselves if they were. Those were the targets. Those were the people they were going after. The people who put their belongings in boats and headed out to try and find dry land, they were being interdicted and having their guns confiscated when they were in footlockers or cases in the bottom of the boat just trying to get to someplace dry. Mm. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And, uh, you know, you think about uh, what is the civil disobedience to that look like. And number one, uh, you know, noncompliance. But number two, what in the world is going on with the officers who are sworn to protect and uphold and serve their communities by, you know, complying with those obviously unconstitutional orders. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling that people will so willingly carry out orders that are obviously unconstitutional. I know it happens all the time all across America, um, but on the other hand, that's kind of a um, slippery slope to, you know, even put your people in that position to say, all right, guys, this guy didn't pay his tax and he refuses to get insurance. So you're going to have to drive over to his house and round up his guns. I mean, aren't they asking for trouble? Well, depends on the population, but there is that because if you put somebody in a corner because they're in a corner, they've got no place else to go and nothing left to lose. Right. It's it's very unfortunate, and uh, I hope that somebody steps in and does something. Obviously, this is a town council that voted unanimously to impose these new measures, 
And uh, I hope that, you know, somebody with some constitutional, you know, legal knowledge would step in and, you know, where's the town manager or the town attorney that would say, hey, guys, this might be a bad idea, <laughs> you know, but I mean, they've been getting away with so much gun control related stuff to this point well, that, you know. Well, it goes back to Morton Grove, which decided that it would somehow ban firearms in its town magically. Mm. Uh, and more recently, the city of Newton, which mm -hmm. shut down a nascent business by deciding it wasn't good enough for Newton and changing the zoning regulations while the uh, business was still uh, being built out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, as, as uh, I, I mentioned it a lot about Clarence Thomas calling the Second Amendment a disfavored right, and uh, nothing could be you know shine that spotlight so brightly upon it as these type of actions because if you were to try to restrict abortion access or uh you know free speech you know f articles in a newspaper if you were to try to say that police can wander through your door anytime they want and ask to see papers or whatever else you're hiding in your safe or anything like that people would say no and say no we have rights but because well, it's the a... closest equivalent would be for the state to require you to purchase a license and take a test before you could write a letter to the editor or to your state representative. Right. You know, to, pr to prove that you're responsible and educated enough to write a qualified letter. Yeah, and as long as it, it stays within the guidelines of what they deem you can and can't say in said letter, you know. <laughs> That's... Before you opened the church, you had to prove your orders of ordination and your background and give the parameters of your belief to see if it was duly approved by the state and worthy of being deemed a church. Right. And so just because it's guns that, you know, it's become the disfavored right and doesn't get its day in court as often as it should, and hopefully that has all changed and we will see you know some bill, some things taken on in this next session of the supreme court and we uh, live in hope yes i'd love to see some good precedent set so but anyway there's that and then there's the whole i know i'm throwing you for a loop here but we got the um biden administration's new zero tolerance policy for gun dealers and the strike force that he'll be launching to target uh, gun dealers who, you know, are bad actors or whatever the word was that he put it. And, you know, I was just explaining in the first segment about how what can constitute a violation as a gun dealer. And there's a million different violations. Like if you don't pick up that the customer filling out the 4473 abbreviates their town. If you live in L.A. County and you, you know, write L.A. instead of Los Angeles, that's a violation. And you can get cited by the ATF for that violation. So is that the type of zero tolerance that this new newly enacted strike force is going to be going after for for gun dealers? You know, that's well. Well, you and I both know that the so-called bad actor gun dealers are like the bad actor liquor stores, mm -hmm. where it gets out very quickly because the people who utilize them can't keep their mouth shut, and because the people who utilize them are always getting arrested. Mm -hmm. 
So those type of organizations don't last very long. Right. But this is what we're looking at as a new pogrom to shut down a legitimate business under any excuse possible, like abbreviating the county or the state on your 4473. Uh, it's, it's very technical, as you know, the bound book, all the regulations. But it's not going to do anything to make the world safer. It's just a way that they can shut us down. What Obama tried to do with Operation Choke Point fiscally, Biden is trying to do bureaucratically. Right. Yeah. Same and, game, different actors. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, having someone like David Chipman at the helm would certainly make it a lot easier to do those kind of shenanigans and games and, you know, rule changes. And we got that going on, too. The whole proposed rule changes for arm braces and uh, for, quote unquote, ghost guns and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, it's it's really interesting to see the the level of aggression that has come up against guns in the la in the first six months of this administration it's it's unbelievable but well chipman's nomination should have gone no further than every senator seeing that picture of him posing in the smoking rubble of waco Amen that should have been the whole sum total and extent of the analysis of his qualifications i agree with that uh -huh. well thank you keith as always it's always a pleasure to talk to you and we will see you soon and often i'm sure and uh, i appreciate you being on the show and we will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Thanks so much. Nobody thinks it will happen to them. But with over 2,000 emergency phone calls per month to our independent program attorney answered hotline, it's closer to home than you think. At U.S. Law Shield, we give you exclusive access to our 24-7, 365 emergency hotline. Not a call center, direct access to our network of independent program attorneys. With a price point of only $10.95 per month and unlimited attorney hours for criminal and civil defense, U.S. Law Shield provides you with unparalleled service and protection where it matters most. No other program comes close. We believe an educated member is an empowered member. We do this by providing educational resources featuring seasoned attorneys, firearms instructors, law enforcement, and experts in all areas. We at U.S. Law Shield believe peace of mind should come with simple and affordable protection. Welcome back, everybody. This is Toby. I'm your host of Rapid Fire. And don't forget to check out our website, capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire to get signed up and be a part of the show. We have a lot going on at the shop here. We have date night every uh, Friday night. We have ladies night every other Thursday. Our range experience packages, great for tourists if you're in town. And uh, no gun license is required for any of those. And we're always doing something. Couple questions here. John's asking if Mass is going to approve the Hellcat, and um, I've been told that they are in the works, and I was hoping that they would be on the last Mass-approved weapons roster, but I have not. Obviously, it didn't come out, and I don't have any timeline of that. And I even bought a bunch of Hellcats, hoping that they would become Mass compliant, but 
Uh, so if you're in a free state and you need a Hellcat, I can hook you up. <laughs> but if uh, you're in Massachusetts, you're out of luck for a little while. And this this one took nine months to come out. And it, they're supposed to come out quarterly, this list. So I don't know who's clogging up the works or if gun dealers, just I mean, gun manufacturers just aren't sending their guns in for testing or what. But anyway, you never know. Um, let's see. Steven has a great question. I wish I saw this when Keith was on the phone, but uh, if you SBR a rifle or a pistol caliber carbine in Massachusetts uh, by doing a tax stamp, does it forego the folding collapsible stock rule or do you still need to pin all that? It's my understanding, Stephen, that there is no exclusion to the assault weapons ban, even if it is a a short-barreled rifle. Like Just because it's an NFA item doesn't mean that it can forgo all the other stuff. So that's my understanding. I would have loved to get Keith's opinion of that, but maybe we'll hold that question until next week for him. And um, But yeah, from what I can see in the law, and I'm no expert, um, no lawyer, I defer to Keith, and I don't even pretend to play one on TV. So, um, But I do, uh, based on what I've seen, I've, no one's been able to show me that, yeah, if you have an SBR, you can have all that other stuff. So there you have that um and john is asking if not what's a good alternative and i would say that the shield plus is a good alternative the uh sig 365 is a phenomenal alternative and they make the 365 xl and the regular one so the regular one is just you know a shorter barrel and a little bit shorter grip the xl has a little bit taller grip and a little bit longer barrel and it'll take the uh, red a red dot optic so those are both good alternatives um, even the Taurus G3 compact is a cheap cheap and cheerful alternative they're 299 we have a bunch in stock and they come with three magazines there's now a optics ready version that is mass compliant so yeah that's uh that's good stuff um, James is saying great to meet you the other day he snuck in during uh work break and it was great to see james from north carolina he work brought him up to the northeast he's been very loyal to us here and i've sent him ammo and scopes and some stuff down to his place in north carolina and we appreciate the business and uh we we appreciate the far reach of cape gunworks all the way down to north carolina and so it was great to meet you in person the other day and thanks for coming in on your day off. I Hey, um, I my hat's off to you. Anyone who wants to spend their day off at Cape Gunworks, I am, I am a happy man. So <laughs> greatly, uh, I, I don't, I don't take that for granted. So, um, someone said they got a Hellcat in Mass and love it. So that's a great, good thing for you, man. I'm, I'm happy for you. And people are, all the time are like, wait, what? And the, the truth of the matter is there's no law that says you can't own that hellcat there's only a law that says i can't sell it to you so if someone moved here from out of state or you know a dealer decided to sell it the person who bought it um you know is in the clear there's no law that says you can't have it so that's a great pickup if i was able to buy one you know i'd do the same thing and uh, he also picked up the 320 axg classic last week awesome that's a good gun as well I was waiting for this question, thoughts on the rise of the Moors. And, uh, you know, 
Massachusetts jumped into the national spotlight again last weekend when um, the this group, the Rise of the Moors, who I don't think there's many people who even heard of them, uh, were taking the taking a drive through Massachusetts on their way to some land in Maine, and they were loaded up in full kit, ready to go do some training. They had helmets and plate carriers and ARs slung and pistols on their hips, and they were driving through Afghanistan. And uh, the police didn't. They, they pulled up and saw them like that and said, oh, just cool, let me see your license to carry. When they couldn't produce them, it created a 11-hour standoff. So we'll talk about that on the other side. So I'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family-owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Snap Safe, featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary, your host. And uh, go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire so you can get signed up for our weekly giveaway. We give away something cool every week on this show, and we want you to be a part of it. So today, we're going to be giving away in a few minutes here a pair of Darn Top socks, the last sock you will ever need to buy. If you wore it every day of your life, when it wears out, they'll send you a new pair. So that's why I say it's the last pair. But if you live with other people, you might want to wash it every once in a while. That's just a recommendation. If you want people to like you, you will want to wash them every once in a while. But these ones are the Stars and Stripes edition for Freedom Week here at Cape Gunworks. So you want to get them. They're guaranteed for life. They're the best. Once you start wearing them, you can never go back. So yeah. All right. The Rise of the Moors. These guys were quoting, you know, U.S. Code, Section 18, and blah, 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 and all these chapter and verse of law about safe transport and travel, all the, all the while saying they don't abide by the laws of Massachusetts because they're not a sovereign citizen, but they're also not, I don't know what the heck they were claiming, but they were saying they're uh, not sovereign citizens who are anti-government and don't abide by all laws they just don't abide by some laws and they say that they are citizens of Morocco and there's some treaty out there that Morocco has with America that they use to justify their actions even though I heard that that treaty doesn't really exist and so they're probably out there in the wind and it appears to me that they've actually you know renounced their citizenship if they are claiming to be 
Moorish, you know, citizens of Morocco. So that's really, I don't know, confusing as all get out. But anyway, they're relying on the U.S. chapter and verse of safe transport and travel. And it's my understanding that those laws are 100% true. You're allowed safe transportation and travel through any state in the union as long as they're unloaded and locked in a case. But these guys had rifles slung and, you know, holstered. So if that's the case, I don't know how they're going to beat that chapter and verse. Then they violated Massachusetts law by not having a license to carry and whatnot. So they had a plan to not need to stop for gas. And I think they were coming from Rhode Island. So I don't know how they couldn't have got through Massachusetts without needing to stop for gas. But they stopped for gas on the side of the road at 1.30 in the morning. And when a trooper pulled up, he called for backup and the rest is history. They fled into the woods. And I don't think it's going to end well for them. But I'm kind of cautiously optimistic that, hey, yeah, maybe it will shed some light on what laws can be enforced and what can't be and whatnot. But we'll see how it all shakes out. I don't know. And uh, so Matt wants to know if we have any 1522 mags. And that's a sore subject, Matt. We don't have any 10 round 1522 mags right now. We've been we've had them on order for about four or five months. So um, I don't know when they'll come back into stock, but we will um, hopefully see it soon. And Bubba's saying, what about mass legal marijuana? How is that involved? So if you have a medical marijuana card or you participate in marijuana through the state, you know, that it's legal in the state, you do in fact disqualify yourself federally from purchasing a firearm. So um, yeah, those two don't mix. And uh, hopefully the government will someday, and frankly, I'm not a advocate for marijuana, but I think it's kind of hypocritical to say that, uh, you know, a grown person who might smoke it, you know, has is any different than a guy who goes to the bar and, you know, has a few drinks. So also, if, if it's legal in certain states, it shouldn't disqualify you from purchasing a firearm. So anyway, uh, the Galil Ace is available, Mo, and the price, I believe, is $1,900. Um, so we got that. All right, we're ready for the winner. Winner is Barry Bell. You won the Darn Tough Socks, and you are going to be a happy man when your feet thank you when you slip your feet into those uh, bad Larrys. So they're the best socks on earth. You're going to want a whole drawer full of them if you're anything like me. So and the state Gestapo chief Chris Mason said on TV it was illegal to carry a rifle in your car and on mass highways. Uh, that's not true because you can, again, lock it in a case and, and drive through any state in the union. So, But every state's going to enforce that differently. So you're always rolling the dice. And I call it a crap show, you know, a crap shoot. I always recommend, like whenever I travel with firearms, I fuel up in Massachusetts, I pack all the guns unlocked in cases, and I run the gauntlet all the way down to Pennsylvania <laughs> if I can. And I don't, I try not to stop. But, you know, if I got to stop, maybe Connecticut or Rhode Island would be a little bit more friendly than New York, New Jersey. So I, I try to stay out of those towns. So anyway, um, yeah, it's a tough, 
a tough thing, but there's some great guidance out there for transporting firearms in all, you know, 50 states. Um, and you are allowed safe passage through all 50 states, but just make sure you got them locked in, in a case. Uh, that's my only knowledge of what's required of, of that. So, but the interesting thing is if you do stop for gas, are you now traveling through? I think that needs to be tested. And here's our test case. So it's a perfect example of what I've said a lot, especially about Massachusetts law, is we need a test case. You know, this kind of thing hasn't been tested in court yet. And so we need a test case. And I guess here it is. Um, it gets a little murky because, again, they weren't cased up and and locked. So, anywho, go figure. Um, James is saying Pennsylvania is the start and end of the free state region all the way south, except for Maryland. That's true. Yep, that's true. And uh, I, that's why I try to fuel up and make it to Pennsylvania before I uh, have to stop. But there you go. And... Uh, Bubba's saying you can stay in a motel overnight. I'm not sure. Um, I I haven't, you know, again, you're going to have different states interpret this different ways. It's like the, you know, Leosa type of thing where police can carry in any state in the union and they're legally able to carry in any state. But then those police officers got all jammed up in New Jersey because they were carrying with hollow points. So hollow points are not legal for people to carry in the state of New Jersey. And so they, they charged them, even though they were police in another state. It doesn't make sense, uh, but they, they did. And yeah, so every state's going to see it different. They did honor the fact that they uh, could legally carry. They weren't happy about it, but they charged them with the possession of hollow points. So um let's see Yale law school, law school has the treaty info on the website it does exist that said i'm a proud american and have nothing to do with these people but on their info it did happen um i yeah that's basically what i heard that a treaty happened but it isn't quite the way that they portray it and they they manipulate that to the um to the membership of their group so that they can basically, you know, it's very cultish, if you will. And uh, I don't know what the treaty says or doesn't say it. I have to look it up myself. Um, and not that my pedestrian knowledge of law would be able to cut through the minutia of all that. But um, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, and Harry's saying most of the guys are defending themselves in court, which might work in their favor. It might not. Uh, they say for lawyers who represent themselves, they have a fool for a client. But um, sometimes, you know, the everyday citizen or, you know, Joe, you know, does a pretty good job as as a, you know, private citizen. And they're not obviously required to understand the law in the same way that a law school graduate is. So sometimes, you know, a court like I know that in civil law, if you're enter into a contract um, and you're just a layman, you're not a lawyer, you're not required to understand the minutiae of that contract to the extent that a lawyer would. So that's why it's always 
um, recommended that you get a lawyer to help write your contract. But um, if you are in a contract without having gone through a lawyer, um, they might look at you a little bit differently than if you were a lawyer. So you never know. But all I know is there's way too many laws on the books. That's one thing I could definitely say is they say like ignorance is no excuse for not knowing the law. But when there's like a million laws on the books and the tax code and the laws and everything else, how is it not? Like uh, you'd have to send every American through law school to even begin to grasp on it. So the point is, especially when it comes to firearms laws, I think there's 30,000 laws on the books federally and state. And it's just ridiculous. But guys, I can't believe another hour has flown through so quick. Um, it's, it's the fastest show around and uh i want to thank you for tuning in and remember this show is ending here but the show goes on so tune in at capegunworks.com click on rapid fire and join us on the range or hear the extended answers to some of your second amendment questions um, i'd love to see you on the other side so stay tuned if you're online and if you're listening on the radio we'll see you next week same bat time same bat channel i'm toby leary and you're listening to rapid fire thanks so much and god bless take care